Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you? Hey, hey, doing well. It's a good day. All right. I'm also joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how's it going? It's going good, Henry. Happy Latinx Heritage Month, and we're going to talk about a character that was, I'm pretty sure you both of you know, was influenced from Latinx pop culture. And that character is who? Dun dun dun, Batman. Yes. Today is September 15th, 2023, and tomorrow, the 16th, is Batman Day. So... This episode is going to be all about Batman. It'll be a Batman Day celebration. Yeah, so uh, we each have a Batman movie to talk about. So let's get right into it. First off, uh, all three movies have been out for some time, so we probably don't need to give a spoiler alert. But just in case you haven't seen them, we're going to talk about Batman the movie from 1966, Batman and Robin from 1997, and The Dark Knight from 2008. So you've been warned, spoiler alert, on those three movies. And we're going to cover these in chronological order. So my pick was Batman the movie sometimes referred to as Batman 1966, or simply Batman. Uh, But this was the first Batman movie starring Adam West, and um, it was... uh, Well, it originated from the TV show. It it, uh, released between seasons one and two of the 60s Batman show. So, man... This is pretty wild watching this movie this week because uh, I hadn't watched it in a long time, like decades, I think. And I did love this movie very much as a youngster. And um, I was very curious to see, you know, how it would hold up and just how it would feel watching this much later in life. Yeah. Um, So... Where to begin here? (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, a big plus for me is the music in this movie. The music in Batman, the movie is awesome. It is this jazzy 60s musical score. And it is like infectious. I was digging it the whole time. It might have been my like number one, like positive for the whole movie. Um, Yeah. So... Um, The music from the TV show is very famous. Like to this day, people know that Batman TV show theme song, right? Batman, right? We all know that it is from the TV show. And yes, it is in this movie as well. And there are a number of like familiar song cues in this movie. They use the Batman TV show theme song. Like the Joker theme 
from the TV show is in the movie also. So a lot of um, familiar musical moments. Uh, but in addition to that, there's all this cool, like jazzy swinging 60s stuff going on, too, that you did not hear on the TV show. Um, so it was really cool. Like you got like the familiar uh, TV theme music, but they sprinkled all this cool, like jazzy musical score throughout also. So it made for like just this great musical experience. So like you kind of throw up the, the colorful costumes and just the whole like, um, uh, like bright and uh, fun look of the movie with this awesome musical score. And it it makes for kind of a cool like one hundred minute music video almost right. Um, so I'll say that uh, the 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 music in addition to like the visuals is it it makes for a pretty cool experience. And yeah, it did bring me back to when I was a kid watching this movie and just sort of uh, reliving it and and getting some cool like nostalgia vibes from that. Um, so maybe the bigger question for this movie is like, how does it hold up? This is a really old movie. Yeah. Almost 60 years old now. Um, and yeah, it, and even like decades ago, people were kind of making fun of the TV show, making fun of this movie for being really silly. And yes, it is a very silly movie, and and yeah, it it's it's dated. It feels dated. It doesn't really hold up in a lot of ways. Um, uh, but yeah, I think there's still like you know a number of things going for it. Um, so yeah, I talked about the music. What else? Um, yeah, like uh, I was. You know, a lot of times with when we review movies, we uh, evaluate the, the acting performances, right? And acting in the 60s is a lot different, was a lot different than it, it is now, right? So it's hard to like evaluate acting. Um, and yes, the acting is, is very campy. It's over the top. And, um, you know, it's hard to really you know, say like, oh, Adam West had a great acting performance because, you know, his line delivery is just, it's just, it's so over the top, right? Um, so I'm not going to like trash talk any any of the actors' performances because that was just, that was just like how it was, right? Mm -hmm. um, but one standout, I think, was uh, the Riddler, Frank Gorshin. He's really good, man. Um there's something about him, like the, his physicality in his performance and just his he, the way he just kind of goes all in, like his laugh is crazy. Like, you know, uh, historically, it's the Joker's laugh that is like kind of well known in Batman movies. But the Riddler's laugh is like he kind of outdoes the Joker laugh, I think, in this movie. Uh, and uh, yeah, like he... Frank Gorshin just like he just just goes all in like I think I think a lot of, I feel like a lot of the actors may have felt like mm, this movie's kind of a joke so we're just gonna treat it like that but he Gorshin almost like he he almost 
like takes a more serious approach to it where he just completely commits to the character. Uh, so I really enjoyed his, his performance. Um, yeah. So what else here? Um, I have a quick question, Henry. Uh, go, please go ahead. So why'd you pick this movie? Uh, why did I pick this movie? Okay. Great question. Um, a, a big part of it is what I mentioned earlier. I was very curious to see how it felt watching this movie again after such a long time. And it is a really beloved movie from my childhood. Mm -hmm. So th there is a curiosity factor there. Um, and another part of it is, is this idea that there should be room for a Batman movie like this, right? So I know over time, this movie and the 60s Batman TV show has been ridiculed, you know, like mm -hmm. um, when uh, the Tim Burton Batman movie was being made, um, they were fighting an uphill battle because everyone was pointing to this Batman as being a total joke. And like, who would want to see Batman again after that nonsense, right? And uh, there's just a stigma on 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 this Adam West Batman, and and you know, I I get it. Like if this was the only live action Batman we all got, I'd be pissed too. <laughs> I'd be I'd be upset. This is like this is not right. But the fact that we get all kinds of different Batman characters, Batman stories, Batman settings different tones, different vibes. Um, 100%, there is room for a Batman movie like this. There should be a Batman movie like this, yeah? Um, so I, I I fully endorse that. You know, it's like, um, it's like comics, right? There isn't just one kind of Batman comic that is made over and over, like... People might think, oh, like uh, Frank Miller, The Dark Knight Returns is like, that's the essential Batman and the only Batman that matters. But um, no, like, look, look at like the, Batman's had a long history in comics and you look at the wide spectrum of stories and tones and that's how it should be. Um, so, yeah, I, I fully endorse Batman the movie and it belongs in this uh legacy of of Batman films yeah so uh so my own curiosity yes but uh I I wanted to sort of support that the idea that a Batman movie like this does exist should exist and I fully support it and I wanted to you know watch it again and make sure it was it wasn't a total disaster before i like advocated <laughs> yeah. it you know and and yeah like a lot of it most of it uh honestly is dated um but there certainly are uh certain aspects to it that are are, are worth are worthwhile you know definitely um yeah just a, a few other things i wanted to point out I think it's really cool that it does take a lot of what works from the TV show. It's not this movie where it's like, okay, we're doing a movie. So we're, we're like 
we're we're not doing what we did in the TV show. This is something different. We're going into in another direction. No, they they totally leaned into the TV show. They got like the best villains from the show. They used the theme song. They used the Batmobile. Like Robin saying "Holy this, holy that." That's it's all in there. Like everything <laughs> you 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 know and love from the TV show is in the movie. Like you you will not be robbed <laughs> of that stuff, right? Um, and and there's more, you know. You you know you you get not just the not the Batmobile, but you get the Batcopter, you get the Batboat, <laughs> and uh, the Batcycle. You get all these vehicles, and and yes, you get uh, Batman and Robin doing that weird climb up a building. That's in there. You get the the visual sound effects, the wham, pow, zowie. That's in there. Uh, the big brawl, you know, like you, you always get like this big. Uh, um, henchman brawl in the tv show you get that in a big way in the movie like you get uh the ultimate 60s batman brawl at the end of this movie they fight on top of a penguin submarine and it is it's glorious it's it's so awesome and uh so you get um a lot of the like the the studio scenes um uh, the onset scenes from the tv show but then they add in like a lot of on location stuff there's like a lot of outdoor shots in this movie so it's cool like you get like a lot of the the fun familiar stuff from the show but they they definitely made efforts to go a little bit above and beyond the tv show and and when i was seeing that i was like that's kind of a, a template for stuff we we see later where um like a beloved TV show is adapted into a movie. Um, I think uh, what's done now is is kind of what they did with this movie. You know, they 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 use what worked with the show and then they like added to it. Yeah. Uh, so before I go ramble too much more, any any thoughts as we're we're going along here with Batman the movie? You know, I haven't seen that movie, but it just sounds like you know, like it's. It just shows, I guess, like why Batman's really kind of beloved because there's just so much. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If complexity is the right term to use, but like, like Batman can be interpreted and done in so many ways. It doesn't have to be like, like what you said, like the the serious tone, like the Tim Burton tone. But it can be done in this way and still be, you know, beloved and um. I think it's really awesome and still like folks recognize that that's like Batman, you know, and I think that's mm -hmm. why the character like has its own day because like it's just beloved by folks who may not like serious stuff, but like comedic stuff and can like this side of Batman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that sentiment because yes, the tone of this movie is so different from like the Snyderverse or you know uh the Rob Pattinson Batman or mm -hmm. the Michael Keaton Batman or the the Nolan trilogy um but you know like it's still Batman Bruce Wayne Dick Grayson Commissioner Gordon <laughs> the Joker yep. the Riddler Catwoman the Penguin yeah that was another thing that struck me this is like the ultimate villain team up in a Batman movie. You talk about an awesome rogues gallery 
like th those four villains uh, feature prominently in this movie. And uh, yeah, they 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 picked the, the all stars <laughs> for uh, for the villain lineup here, which is so awesome. Um, so why don't I wrap up my little uh, review here? Um, you guys want to do ratings for for our picks? Hmm. Like we usually do or well, we don't do have you, to. Do you have a rating in mind that you would pick? I, I of yeah. course have one in mind. So yeah, I think I think. I yeah, ratings are cool, but I think yeah. I mean, I can't give a rating, but yeah, yeah. So we can just yeah. give our our yeah. individual pick a rating, yeah. Um. So, yeah, this one, like, like I keep saying, this this is a dated movie. Like, be beware <laughs> if you put this on. It is on Max right now, widely available. Uh, it is very dated, um, but it has a lot going for it. Um, even even more than like. A historical curiosity i think there's more than just that to it i think yeah um so i'll give it a three out of five and um it is dated um i'll also say this this movie is pretty freaking crazy <laughs> it's it's weird it's wild it's kind of hard to describe um but uh it, it's it's a bizarre movie um it's it's comedic but it's not really that funny uh it's dated like you know it's just the the jokes are very old and like from another era yeah uh -huh. um yeah there's a there's an ongoing gag where it's kind of a play on batman being the greatest detective in the world um so he has to do like detective work, but it's all like a total joke because the way he um, he figures things out is almost like he does this crazy guesswork and just like happens upon the right answers and stuff. And it's almost offensive to, to the Batman character, to be honest, because like it's really stupid. It, it's just he's just making guesses. He's just making these crazy guesses <laughs> and somehow it comes up with the right answer. And I guess it's supposed to be funny, but it's just really strange. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Maybe it was funny like 60 years ago. I guess uh, it's just strange. So, so this movie's out there. I will give that disclaimer. Uh, a lot of people might put this on and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I get it. I, I understand that. Um, uh, one uh, final perspective I wanted to give is that um, this movie was essentially my introduction to the Batman character. And I think that's pretty cool. I, I kind of advocate that. I think this movie is a great intro to the Batman character for young children. Um, it's, you know, not violent at all. It's not dark at all um very kid friendly and i'll add to that that when batman started to get dark in comics and movies it kind of hit harder right you know like this is the batman i knew so when i read frank miller's the dark knight returns or batman year one or watched Tim Burton's Batman, et cetera, et cetera. 
like that it 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 hit really hard and i think that's kind of cool i think that is a cool trajectory for people to go on yeah so if you're <laughs> like a young child maybe they're not ready for uh you know the dark night rises with bane and stuff <laughs> but they're sure as heck ready for this so why not give them this first and then later on hit them with the 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 darker stuff and it and i'm telling you man it'll be like that much more like uh you know uh how do you say impactful yeah wow. so that that's uh that's that's my pitch for for introducing this movie to young children <laughs> well well said this is probably also the first batman movie i watched too oh right on when i was See? like five years old hey cool <laughs> I yeah love it. it's hard not to fall in love with it when you're five <laughs> yeah yeah so I really fast, I guess, before we move on to the next one, I want to ask a question for for Christian. Mm-hmm. So I know like a few years back, you at Silicon Valley Comic Con, you got you did a meet and greet with Adam West, you know? Yeah. And Burt Ward. <laughs> yeah. And Burt Ward. And I assume it's because of this movie, you know, and the, the TV series. Like, like, what did that like? Yeah, like, what did those actors and characters, like, mean to you? Yeah, um, that was actually, it was pretty, that was, I think, probably the last public appearance of Adam West 2 was Silicon Valley Comic Con of that year. Um, and so, um, I did watch some of the show growing up as well. Uh, they would air it, I think, on Nickelodeon, actually um sometime after school they did they did like really old reruns of it for a while as well as seeing the movie from like the local library on vhs or something vhs or dvd and Mm -hmm. so um it definitely recommend it's like it's it's such an early age of batman but it's so ingrained into the character you know even though like as Henry was talking about, like, growing up, like, and you even see this with kind of the more dark and grittier Batman becoming popular. People are like, oh, yeah, like, that old thing. But it's such, it's such an important part of the Batman canon. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. iconic in its own right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, there's also... Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. You have the shark repellent <laughs> bat spray. You mentioned <laughs> yeah. the climb earlier. Yeah. Like, like there's this movie's so iconic in its own way that you see these things kind of pop up in later Batman movies as well, or even um, just other media as, oh, this is Batman, you know, like Adam West was on The Simpsons and they did a little Batman gag with that, or like, it's kind of just like this this big piece of '60s Americana, mm-hmm. um, and because it's so campy and kid free, when you see it as a kid, you are kind of enraptured by the sets and like the goofiness of it, the camp of it all. You know, it's just a lot of fun, and so it it was really great seeing both of them. I asked Burt Ward. Uh, 
because I was dressed as the Riddler. Um, who's your favorite Batman villain? Because you know, he asked me if I had any questions for him, and he says, "Favorite Batman villain? You you can't have a favorite. They're the villains. They belong in Arkham Asylum." <laughs> yes. I'm thinking, okay, Robin. <laughs> so that was such a great interaction. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It definitely yeah. is a moment, you know, I think I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That that's a, that's perfect for specifically the Burt Ward Robin because he's such a Boy Scout, right? So of course he's gonna say something like that. <laughs> that was such a great moment, great line, like yeah. so quick from him. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> oh, and that makes me think of one other thing I wanted to chime in on. And that's that you mentioned it's just like a fun movie, right, Christian? Um, but yeah, that, that that stuck out to me. Like everyone's really happy in the movie. And like it's such a weird thing to see um, a DC movie, specifically a Batman DC movie, where everyone's just happy. You know, at the beginning of the movie, there's like a civilian like on a picnic or something and he sees Batman and Robin in the sky in the bat copter and he's just like you know it just gives a fella a good feeling knowing they're up there protecting us and he's just happy you know and then you know Batman's actually pretty happy like he actually he he dates Catwoman he doesn't know she's Catwoman in the movie but he thinks she's this woman Kitka and um he he's he's like happy he's like in love with her and and the villains are happy like like the joker is very happy in this movie like he's not the tormented like joaquin phoenix joker <laughs> he's just he's just like laughing like genuinely like happy laughing throughout the movie and he's just like getting a kick out of their scheme and all the villains are just like having fun um oh yeah uh just real quick like i was gonna add on to that the riddler character right um there's there's a moment where he wants to like he wants to send out one of his riddles and like the other villains like what are you doing like don't give away our plot or whatever but he's just like oh but I love doing it so much and it's like it's very telling it's sort of like well he just likes to do it so he that's why he does it that's why like if you ever wondered why this riddler sends the riddles out potentially like giving away his schemes and whatnot it's just because he really loves to do it. He has fun. <laughs> That's why he does it. <laughs> and if she, it feels like everyone's having fun in this movie. It's so weird. Like this Gotham City, everyone's happy. It's so bizarre. <laughs> but uh, it, uh, that that really stuck out to me. It's a happy Gotham City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on. So cut ahead to about 30 years later and Batman is once again a phenomenon on screen in the movie theaters and we get the third follow-up to Tim Burton's Batman which was a huge hit uh this one is 1997's Batman and Robin. Perfirio, this is your pick, so you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. So I, you know, I think this one, I think both of you can agree, is notoriously known for being like the worst 
Batman movie of all time. And maybe not just Batman, but like superhero film of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, it's directed by Joel Schumer. And if you look at the cast, you would think like this is an A-list cast. You know, you have <laughs> George Clooney, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Irma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone, like you would think, like, how can this go wrong? And, yeah, you'd be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, this one was made in the late 90s, and it has George Clooney playing as Batman, Arnold is Mr. Freeze, Arma Thurman is um, Poison Ivy, and Chris O'Donnell reprises his role as Robin, and Alicia is introduced as Batgirl. And so, Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy are the, the big two villains. And, like, you know, besides, like, their scheme of guests of, like, taking over the world and whatever agenda the characters have, like, the film is just, like, very over the top it has its puns it is very like cringy in a lot of times the dialogue is just horrible um i mean i could probably keep going on and on about what's wrong with the film you guys can probably add some also about what didn't work with the film but I guess, like, what I will say, like, why I chose this film is because, um, did I want to watch a horror movie? No, I did not want to put myself through two hours of pain. But I did read an article talking about how this is, I guess, like, the queerest Batman film. And so I think when you look at it through that kind of lens, there's a different perspective on the film. One, it's directed by a gay um, man, Joel. And then two, there's just so many, like, queer underlines with the film. Like, there's, like, a big, like, the opening scenes, there's, like, a big, like, male gaze. There's the bat nipples on the on the suit. And then, like, there's, like, a very close-up shots on, like, Batman's ass and his, like, crotch area. And then the, the makeup of Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze is just over the top and the dialogue is just very campy. Like all this stuff I said very negative stuff in the beginning. Like when you look at it through like I guess like drag queer lenses, it's just so stuff that's common in those kinds of in that in those art forms that you're just like, oh, okay, I could see it that way. Like Poison Ivy, I feel like I just kind of imagine her as like a drag queen, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is something I could see a drag queen like wearing like with like green high heel um, knee high boots and a green silhouette and like plants just like wrapped up around her, you know, and this like really fake ass like red wig you know like I was like, okay, I can see a drag queen wearing this and I think once I like saw it through that kind of lens i was like okay this is very stupid and campy and so i enjoyed it a lot more when i watched it through that kind of perspective um 
because I know I've definitely tried watching in the past and I just couldn't get like past like the first like 15 minutes because it's just ridiculous. But I think once you like let go and just be like, you know, this is just a film that's not going to take itself seriously. Don't do it. Then I think it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, so I think that's why I want to rewatch it through that kind of lens. And I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, last last Pride in San Francisco, there was a Pride in Gotham event where, like, yeah, it was like kind of like I guess like a Gotham Bank hostage takeover of like Batman villains, and I didn't go, but I a lot of friends I know went, and I saw videos and photos of it, and it just kind of looked like. Like the setup just looked exactly like the setup that they had on this film, like the, um, the cheap plastic set design, and just the over the top like, um, uh, dialogue and campiness. I think, um, I again, I'm I'm pretty sure the director never like straight up forward like said like this is like a queer Batman thing, but I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like what do you guys, what's your guys' uh, um, take? Because I know both of you guys, I think, have seen it and mm-hmm. called this and can mm-hmm. agree with me that this is the worst Batman movie ever. Nope. <laughs> well, hey, just a comment we had an episode where we uh talked about the worst superhero movie of all time. And basically, the conclusion was this movie was the worst ever. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty funny that you brought it up here or through a different lens, like you're saying, right? Yeah. Uh, so my question to you is similar to like what I was talking about with the 60s Batman movie. Mm-hmm. I was talking about how there is a place for that movie in this long legacy of Batman movie. Not only is there a place, but I'm glad it's there and it should be there. Now with this movie, Batman and Robin, (laughs) do you think there is a place for this movie in the legacy of Batman movies? Oh, that's hard to say. I think, you know, kind of to be honest, I feel like this was, I don't want, I don't know if like ahead of its time, if it's, that's the right term. Because I feel like at the end of the day, this film, you know, was created by a major Hollywood studio and was at the end of the day trying to make money off of it and thought it was being serious and, or not thought, but like would wanted to take Batman and just make money off it. But when you look at it nowadays with like, you know, I think like stuff being a little bit more like not so on the nose and there's just a lot more um, acceptance of different kind of perspectives or themes across like not just like the superhero genre, but like different kinds of um, genres, you know, animation, action, drama, whatever. I think there is a place for this now like i don't think it was recognized at that time but i feel like again looking back at it like now like through like a queer lens i think there is a better 
appreciation and i think that's why like there's like you know certain queer fandom that can relate to this film and just be like and you see drag queens like perform as poison ivy or like have reference like the bat nipples you know or like um you know like just be out there you know like i said they they made like a pride and got them event in san francisco and i feel like a lot of it maybe can be attributed to like this film being a part of that batman legacy um so it's yeah um yeah it's hard to say i it's hard to say if it was ahead of its time but i think like it could definitely be appreciated a lot better at least for the queer community queer nerd community there you go i mean i think you just answered the question and that it is a yes it is maybe more of a niche yes <laughs> but <laughs> yeah there's a place for this like okay like i was saying with the 60s batman movie not the first batman you're gonna reach for when you want to watch the dark knight in action right um but maybe it's like uh a you know, a, a a young a young kid's play date, and they want to see some superhero stuff. I put on Batman the movie. You know, it's it's kid friendly. It's fun. You know, there's a place for it. And yeah. okay, maybe you have, maybe there's a drag event. You want to have people dressed up as uh, outlandish Batman characters. Um, I think this is the movie, right? This is this is the movie you want to have on for that event. You don't want to have on uh, 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 the Dark Knight Rises for for that oh, particular yeah. event, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, of course, yeah. The, you, there is a place for this, right? And it's uh, like I said, more of a niche sort of thing. But uh, yeah, like why not? Like and and we when we're talking about like inclusive fandom that's what it's all about right it's, it's not like okay batman is just one thing and if you don't like this brooding batman the snyderverse batman or the nolan batman then uh sorry you can't be a batman fan that's bullshit dude like if you want to like dress up like uma thurman as poison ivy from batman and robin more power to you dude right so um absolutely yeah i think i think there's a place for this movie somewhere you know like, <laughs> maybe not in the mainstream maybe but, yeah. yeah maybe you can't like see that like the first few watches as a kid but maybe i think like i've yeah like you as like a kid you could just kind of go back and be like mm, maybe that's where i got like my first like sexual like <laughs> interests or whatever by looking at those bad nipples or yeah. <laughs> oh and uh, just one more tie-in with the 60s film it's funny how the the tim burton batman from 89 was like the the dark response to the campy 60s stuff right but then you know a, a few sequels later it kind of went back to it right because yeah I, the batman and robin movie is actually kind of similar to that 60s batman movie in a lot of ways they're very campy they're very bright and colorful and silly uh, so it, it's kind of ironic it just sort of went full circle back in the other direction yeah
But what what about you, Christian? What do you think? Yeah, like I think uh like this movie is pretty iconic in its own right and it's <laughs> in terms of like the Batman canon and like I guess superhero movies in general. I think I see this movie as like it's kind of like the room of superhero movies, you know? Uh it's everyone knows it, everyone knows the lines. Uh you know, ice to meet you. <laughs> and so on and so forth. That I think it's still like a pretty fun watch, you know. You've had a couple beers, you kind of rag on the movie while you watch it. <laughs> there's like a really, you know, there's a funny riff tracks on it in the background, just like say Trolls Two or um, <laughs> The Room, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, you know, because it's it's a movie that's so bad and almost completely killed superhero movies. Yes, back in the late '90s. It kind of has a very special place in within the genre, even if that special place is kind of you know at the very bottom. But the thing is, everyone knows it. No one, no one's ever going to forget this movie because of like every you know everything that it does, how over the top it is, and kind of how it kind of fumbled in a lot of ways, you know. Like it's still very much Batman. Indeed. Um, oh, and just sort of furthering on what you're alluding to, Christian. Um, yeah, this this is kind of a landmark movie. And you know, uh Kevin Feige from Marvel Studios has cited it as being one of the most important comic book comic book movies ever made. I mean, it's kind of a like a backhanded compliment, I suppose. It, but yeah. but the impact is you you can't deny it because um, basically what happened after this movie was like a response to the movie, right? So you know we talk about a lot about like oh um, you know where how did the MCU originate? Like there would be no MCU if there was no. Spider-Man 1 or X-Men 1 or Blade, right? Well, the same could be said for Batman and Robin. You could argue that there would be no MCU if there was no Batman and Robin, right? Yeah. Which is a pretty out there statement. But, you know, mm-hmm. an argument certainly can be made. No, for real. Like like you said, like, yeah, like Kevin Feige said, like, that superhero films had to be, like, reevaluated to yeah. how best to tell those stories you know and so i think like for better or worse like this is part of that superhero genre history and it allowed like studios and filmmakers and writers to just be like this is what not to do, <laughs> what not to <laughs> and, do. yeah and so let's 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 learn from that you know like like you know that's just like i guess like a common theme within like you know just like the superhero like genre on comics and film is that like there's always going to be trends about like testing the waters like what works what doesn't work and then you just kind of move forward and be like okay like this is not what people want let's just reinvent the wheel 
and see what catches people's attention. You can't just stick to like the same formula, you know. Indeed. So after Batman and Robin superhero movies went through a major makeover, I guess you could say, um, and the Batman character itself went through a huge makeover, right? Um, so after Batman and Robin, you know, understandably, there was a lot of trepidation to revisiting the Batman character in movies. Uh, but Christopher Nolan changed the game uh, when he released Batman Begins. We did a whole episode on Batman Begins, so I recommend folks check that out. Um, but this year, 2023, marks the 15th anniversary of the sequel to Batman Begins, The Dark Knight from 2008. Christian's pick. So Christian, take it away. Yeah, it's so it's so weird how we went. We're going from like the worst Batman movie to like mm -hmm. one of the all-time great. Yeah. Batman movies. Oh, and <laughs> I, I want to add that to my intro too. Uh, Batman and Robin is known in many circles as the worst superhero movie of all time, and The Dark Knight, in many circles, is is looked upon as being the best superhero movie of all time. So this is cool. We're having. This conversation. What a switch in tone. So yes. take it yeah. away, Christian. You have <laughs> the beginning, like the the downfall, and then kind of the rise back into the peak <laughs> of <go>. Batman. <laughs> um, so I guess. Well, uh, oh yeah, we didn't do your your rating, Perfirio. Do you? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think on. we all know what it might be. <laughs> Actually, I am not going to give this a one out of five. I think I will probably get this a three out of five. I think, um, you know, despite it is regarded as the worst superhero film of all time, I think just like me seeing it from like a different perspective and analyzing it through like queer themes, I think there's a deeper appreciation for it, for this community and not to say like i still recommend to go watch it i feel like you like henry said you have to have a few drinks in there to like enjoy it um but i think it's i th i think like yeah the it's hard to um argue that it probably did leave some like impact for like some queer folks like whether you being like in the drag scene or just maybe coming in terms of their own sexuality and so i think it's just i don't want like i don't want to say it's the best but like a very like that overshadows like the appreciation of under appreciation of like these like uh undertones very cool hey, yeah that is a new take <laughs> uh, definitely a much more positive take for this movie <laughs> so well alright let's get into The Dark Knight dun, dun, yes. dun. yeah The Dark Knight <laughs> yeah so um, as you mentioned Henry this movie is 15 years old and 15 years ago this movie was kind of something else I think it, it was a very different time 
in kind of where the genre was because it was, you know, Iron Man had just come out the same year and the MCU hadn't really, really gotten going yet. And so this is kind of very much like the end of end of an era. This and Iron Man, I feel, were the end of the era, end of an era and the beginning of something new. Because uh, what hasn't really been said about the Dark Knight yet, it it really is just like you know one of like the peak superhero movies, the one that back at the time I remember this movie ran for several months. It came out in the summer in June, and I remember seeing it in the theater in the winter because it was such a phenomenon of a movie. Wow. And wow. I think you you had talked about Henry how um uh a, a lot of people in Batman sixty six uh no one was really taking it seriously they they were just having a lot of fun on 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 set and you could really see this whereas this is like the the tonal opposite of that a complete rejection of Batman sixty six and uh Batman and Robin there's zero camp it's all serious you have um oscar caliber actors here um christian bale heath ledger michael kane the list kind of just keeps going from there mm-hmm. and of course helmed by christopher nolan you know oscar caliber director um making a movie that did you know win an oscar uh with Heath, Heath Ledger's, uh, you know, very iconic performance of the Joker, a performance that like changed the character forever, you know. And um, this movie is, you know, it's it's like pure grit. It's super dark. The it's it's kind of like edge of your seat, uh, thriller, you know, cop thriller. Um, and. Watch it again, you know. I still, uh, you know, I loved this movie. This is like my favorite movie back in high school. And while superhero movies have changed a lot, a lot, I think this st- this movie still finds its own way to kind of stand amongst the crowd in a way, and just that it kind of leans so hard into the thriller aspect, the and like the tense edge of your seat moments. Um, the way the soundtrack is, you always feel the Joker's presence whenever you're watching this movie, even when he's not on screen, you know, he's somewhere out there. And so with that, there's always like a little bit of tensity in the movie, you know, because you, it feels like he kind of can come out at any moment. And there's parts that really catch you off guard. There's a really big jump scare where, you know, the mayor's about to look out the window and like you see one of Batman, like the fake Batman characters pop into the window and there's this big jump scare. And then the, and then you see the Joker's like really creepy message on TV. It does a lot of the same, a lot of Joker antics and it does have, it adapts the long Halloween and the killing joke, but it kind of gives it a lot of its own spin to kind of feel like this is something that could happen in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think with also that, I think one thing um, I also want to mention is that like this movie, I th- another way this movie's kind of just remained in the cultural zeitgeist for so long is it's just such a 
quotable movie. It's so <laughs> it's like everybody knows these quotes. Like you either live, you either die here or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And I think one th one thing I always like that I don't hear as much is uh, if you're good at something, never do it for free. <laughs> like, um, and so like quotes like you've heard time and time again. Everybody knows those. Everyone pick knows these certain scenes from the movie just because it's it's made such a profound lasting effect and it's kind of like like i said it's a it's it's a movie that's so good in a way it kind of haunts dc they always have this always has to be the movie that they have to one up until the end of time and i think every batman since has been um compared to this one Okay, well, how is yeah. it going to follow up the Dark Knight? How is yeah. this new Robert Pattinson going to hold a candle to um, the Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan one? You know, and yeah, because it's just you know, it's it's the Dark Knight, you know, and so um, I still love it. Uh, it's I still think it's. Um, definitely one of it is it the best batman movie still i do love the batman a lot i i'm really not sure if i could say i think that i think this is a better movie while the batman is the better version of say the character in the world of mm. gotham mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like the feel of the batman more but i think this movie is just too well too well made mm -hmm. um i think another thing i do love about this movie is that i think st st sets it apart from other superhero movies is that uh everybody loses in this movie and the vast majority of superhero movies the hero beats the villain and the, and the hero wins that's kind of the formula everyone knows that mm -hmm. but in this movie uh nobody wins um the sure batman beats the joker the joker doesn't steal the soul of gotham and sow chaos among amongst the city completely you know, he still goes to jail at the end of the movie and Batman still saves the day. But in order to do that, um, in order to save Gotham, Batman has to kill Two-Face. He drops mm -hmm. Two-Face off of the building at the end of the movie. He breaks his one rule. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Not to mention, um, Harvey Dent is kind of built up as the white knight of Gotham. He's the hero Gotham needs. Mm -hmm. Yet he kind of falls into becoming Two-Face after Rachel Dawes dies. Also part of that love triangle with Batman, someone he loses as well. You know, Commissioner Gordon and Lucius Fox also have to kind of, the only way they can win is by committing unethical acts, basically covering up dense murders and the mass surveillance that Lucius Fox has to do to find the Joker. Everyone kind of, you know, essentially commits a sin. They break the rule and they have their bad day. And so... I really like that. That's something you don't really see. And I think some of our best, some of the best superhero movies of all time outside of this also have end on these kind of losses where you sit and think about what you've seen. Was mm -hmm. it all worth it? You know, everyone loves infinity war. Everyone loves Logan. I don't know what, and in a way those are also movies where the heroes lose. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Logan, uh, uh, 
I won't spoil those. We didn't say spoilers. For those. <laughs> I've spoiled enough. They're they're older movies. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think that's also what really makes this movie stick out, and what makes it so great. But that that's that's my spiel on the movie. So, um, what are your guys's take on the Dark Knight? Great take, Christian. Um, yeah, I liked what you mentioned about how there are things that happened in this movie that could really happen in real life. And really, that's what Christopher Nolan brought to the Batman universe, right? Reality. Um, so when we talk about Batman the movie, Batman and Robin... Even the Burton Batman movies, like they were very fantastical, otherworldly. There wasn't much realism. But all of a sudden, with Batman Begins and probably even more so with The Dark Knight, you got this heavy dose of reality. Like if there was shit going down like this in real life, this is what it would look like, right? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would say this probably hits that realism button even more than Batman Begins, because I feel like with Batman Begins, with the Scarecrow character, um, you got the like the fear gas thing and the hallucinations. Um, but man, with the Joker, the, the, the Joker villain, it's like this guy could be your fucking next door neighbor or some shit, right? This is, this is a real person, right? This, this could be a real person. And, um, yeah, that, that's what like Heath Ledger brought to the world, right? This, this gritty reality. And it was scary seeing that, right? Like, you know, like, um, yeah, that, that's, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like if you were introduced to Batman through the Adam West Batman, the Joker, you know, is this like fun loving, laughing guy in a in a in a bright outfit. <laughs> like what a 180 seeing this Joker, right? Like, holy shit, this guy is dangerous. Uh, this guy is just is disturbing, right? Just to know there's a guy who that there might be a guy out there in real life like this is just off putting, right? Um, so the reality is just wow. I, I mean, it, it actually um, it was a bit of a turnoff for me uh, when I, I was watching these movies. So, Christian, you're talking about how this period of time was a big turning point, right? The end of things and the start of things, right? It's crazy that Iron Man 1 came out the same year as as the dark night right this is this is wild that it's the same year um but it was almost like it was, it was for me it was almost like oh wow uh these are like superhero movies have really made it right like they the the top people are making superhero movies but it was almost like a decision like oh am i gonna go uh to this this new really um refreshing fun angle um with with Tony Stark and Iron Man and Marvel or is it like whoa am i going with the gritty reality of of uh the Nolan 
Batman movies. And like, I kind of made my choice and went Marvel. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just wild. Like the, the timing of it all. And uh, it, it was like, it's so, so real. Like for me, like, I guess I've been saying it's arguably too, it was too real. Right. Um, but the realism was, it's, uh, it, it, that's the big standout for me with, with this movie and really the whole Nolan trilogy. Thoughts prefer you? Yeah. I mean, this movie, I think, you know, Christian, we had watched this movie together and I think that was the first time I had watched it for the first time. And, um, which was back in our college days. And it was, yeah, like, like you said, like a real, like realistic take on the character and I think, like, you know, that's why there is, like, a Batman day because Batman is just, like, a character that can be taken in so many interpretations. Like, I feel each of us have, like, this different, like, take or takeaway that we each got from our own films that we watched with Batman. And this one is just, like, a real, like... Like, if Batman was real, like, this is how I think, yeah. like, the closest thing we would see to, like, a realistic Batman, you know? Like, how, at the end of the day, Batman, like, he is a human, he's a guy in a suit, he will not always win, and he has his limits, and... I think that's just what makes the film like gives an extra mile of appreciation that like the superhero doesn't always have to win. And um it just it's it's a it's a the film is just a masterpiece on its own. You know, the music, the dialogue, the acting, everything's just great. But I think like like what you mentioned, I think what makes this film stand out not just as the not just as the best Batman film and not just as the best DC film, but one of the best superhero films, um, and even one of the best films. Like I feel like people can argue of all time is just because of how complex and realistic and even like in in some ways like relatable that like people can go to this film and even if you're not the biggest Batman fan, you could get something out of it, you know? Well said. Mm -hmm. Oh, and just one little point to add on there. Like, I feel like Nolan really brought a, uh, like a prestige to superhero movies that wasn't there before. Um, so I mentioned how, like, you know, Batman and Robin could arguably be noted as, like, what led to the MCU. Um, you know, a, a case could be made that uh, that the Dark Knight trilogy, particularly the Dark Knight, led to, like, all these, like, A-list actors being cast in superhero movies. Like, before that was, like, unheard of, right? It It, it just wasn't done so much. I, I remember when um, uh, Marlon Brando was cast in 
the the Superman movie, Superman the movie, right? And people are like, "What the hell is he doing in a, in a goofy superhero movie?" Right? Um, but for a, for a while, that was kind of like the lone standout. But after the Nolan movies, like like you you mentioned the cast, Christian, and it was like, "Whoa! Like th- this is an amazing cast." And not only is it amazing, but it's like the 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 caliber of 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 these actors, right? Um, Oscar caliber actors. So, I mean, you could argue like, oh, maybe uh, Anthony Hopkins doesn't sign up for the Thor movie or, you know, Robert Redford doesn't sign up to do Winter Soldier, you know, like, but with this movie, it, it brought, you know, that, that class and prestige to the table. Yeah. So uh, what about ratings? What would you rate The Dark Knight, Christian? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely a five out of five. I think, <laughs> was, like, I've been hyping up this movie a long time. It's, you know, everyone loves this movie. It's the Dark Knight, um, S tier, S tier superhero movie. Five out of five. Right on. I think it does everything, um, does everything a Batman movie should in a way minus, you know, humor of that, you know, with that different ballpark. Although there are some actually pretty funny moments in the movie. I do remember the theater laughing a lot at the Joker's magic trick or <laughs> um, yeah. some of the times he would light, lighten the mood uh, in a way in his own, like very dark humor type yeah. of way. Uh, maybe dark humor. I'll put it that way. Very yeah. dark. It's <laughs> yeah. like the little bit of levity you get in this whole film. There you go. Like his antics and like the way he like will respond to certain situations that are meant to be like ultra serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, I have to ask really fast. Is this for you, the Dark Knight, the best Batman movie and the best Bruce Wayne movie? Or do you have two different answers for that? Okay. Oh, kind of like... um you Peter might have Parker. different like Peter Parker, Spider Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um let's see. In terms of the best, like like I said before, I think I like the world of the Batman the a little more. Uh, the way they mm. filmed Gotham, the way the movie just looks and feels, the way it kind of brings back some of the um like there's like an atmosphere to that movie and the way they kind of present Batman in that one. Um, and I really like Robert Pattinson's take on Bruce or Batman, his take on Bruce Wayne. He was kind of barely there. Whereas um, Christian Bale, on the other hand, very much like he has his own take. And I think a lot of people have made fun of the, the gravelly Batman voice <laughs> like this all the time, you know, that's kind of become its own like meme in its own way, yet also kind of became the de facto Batman voice since, you know, like yeah. even Lego Batman, he does it. <laughs> Robert Pattinson does it, you know, Batfleck kind of does it in at, at times. Um, and where um, I think Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne definitely feels he definitely has a bit. Of, carries a bit more of that intensity to to him. You don't. You never really get a lot of Bruce Wayne himself in these movies mm-hmm. when he's outside of 
Batman. the costume, you know, mm-hmm. when he is in his true self. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it's Christian Bale. He he's really good at kind of having that dynamic between the two characters, the aloof Bruce Wayne, and the hyper focused, determined Batman. You know, so um, I don't know if I have a favorite version of Bruce Wayne, but it might, it might be him. His is probably the most developed, you know. Okay. I don't know. So, what what do you guys think? Is this? Do you guys like, think this is the best Batman movie? Oof. Or even the best the superhero movie? Because you guys are more Marvel guy. <laughs> so, um, okay. Or, what do you do think you... of the Dark Knight? Do you want to go first, Henry? Uh, you can go first, Preferio. Okay, I am just going to put a disclaimer out there, and I'm a late DC watcher, so I actually did not watch any of the Dark Knight films when they came out. You know, I had to watch, I watched it years later when Christian first showed it to me. So the only Batman film I watched in theaters is the, the Batman with Robert Patterson, and I fucking love that movie. Um. Oh no! Wait. Sorry. No. I guess the Ben Affleck ones I also did watch in theaters, but um, I guess y- my favorite Batman is the Batman Robert Patterson's Batman, but I think my favorite Bruce Wayne is Michael Keaton in Bat Tim Burton's Batman movies. I think. He just does a really good job as like being like kind of the, this like playboy kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for kind of like cocky kind of like art Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark kind of vibes and um so I think that's why I like Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne but that's my answer. Yeah, good, good answer. answer, good answer. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it sounds like this question is, is, is being answered in a number of ways, but, uh, yeah, first off, like, is this the best Batman movie? Um, a case definitely can be made. Like it's, uh, it's a masterwork of filmmaking. There's no question about that. It's, it's just filmmaking at the highest level. The direction acting is just yeah it's on point right um but yeah but uh christian you're alluding to earlier um like there's not a lot of comedy in it and there isn't supposed to <laughs> obviously um but there is like i guess a fun factor that is perhaps missing here um so yeah like I, I I don't think I'd rate it as the best Batman movie. Um, yeah, we all love the Batman. Um, that's definitely up there. Um, sentimental favorite is uh, like the first Tim Burton Batman movie. Uh, I I would totally agree with you, Preferio, that like Michael Keaton is the best Bruce Wayne. Uh, he he's very charismatic and he's kind of weird and quirky and just <laughs> just just awesome he's just awesome um and oh and that all said like um you know the the third of the nolan trilogy the dark knight rises is is generally not as well received as 
as the Dark Knight, but kind of like what I was saying earlier, I think it kind of is a little more fun than the Dark Knight. It kind of has this big action spectacle at the end. You got the showdown between Batman and Bane, and um, it does have a happy ending, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of had a little more fun with the Dark Knight Rises. Um, but uh, there's no question the Dark Knight is a masterpiece and um, and is a very important movie, period. You know, superhero movie or not, just it's just an important piece of art. No question. Mm-hmm. But I, it's also the beauty of Batman is that everyone can have their own their own flavor, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's so much there's so many different aspects to the characters we were talking about earlier. Yeah. That everyone can have their own favorite take, you know, their own, their own Batman in a way. Yeah, definitely. I I guess like, I guess I have a question open to the both of you. I, I probably, I feel like I should have asked this at the beginning of the episode, but you know, like since it's Batman day, um, like, yeah. Like what does, the character Batman mean to you and why do you think we have a Batman day? All right. Well, um, I guess I'll go first. So what does the character mean to me? And why do I think we have a, a whole day celebrating this comic book character? Like, um, I think Batman is like I get, I, he means, you know, he he means a lot of different different things to me, and I think a lot of different things to different people. I mm-hmm. think what's great about Batman is there's always kind of this thematic kind of resonance, um, on top on top of uh just like the look and feel to it, where you have like kind of this like kind of duality of man. He, Batman is this man shaped by a very human tragedy. And he's a very and he has no superpowers. I think in a world of superpowers where everyone does things, Batman pushes himself to be with Superman, to be with Wonder Woman and the rest of the Justice League and fight on their level with just you know the the power of human will. You know, he has pushed himself beyond being a man. He's no longer Bruce Wayne, even though that's how he appears he uses his money his intelligence his strength and his will to fight crime to kind of uh, uh protect gotham you know mm-hmm. and like his villains all kind of like kind of reflect different ways that he, he he may have gone you know where the joker talks about how like you know one bad day is the all that it takes to come down to our level and become one of us to become one of the crazies in Arkham. Mm-hmm. And um, many of the villains have that you see in the Dark Knight Two-Face has that. And, you know, so on and so forth. Like you have these different villains that all have different carry different aspects of Batman's character themes or personality. Um, but in that kind of more evil direction, but Batman's, you know, kind of, moral compass the the right to do good and to never make it so no one else is in his situation you know the kid in crime alley with two dead parents Mm -hmm. 
he does everything. He's kind of almost like he's more than a man. He's like a force of nature, a, a force, you know, a force of justice, you know, who does everything in in his path to reach that goal. So I think that's why Batman is so strong. Batman is so resonant on top of just being, you know, the cool gadgets, the car, the cave, <laughs> the iconic bat signal and, and like look and feel to Batman that captures that noir aspect, but with that comic bookiness to it, you know, <laughs> so it's like that, that really cool layer on top mm-hmm. of that, you know, the mat, like thematic cake, you know, that's the icing on top. So that that's my take. That's yeah, that's a good a good question. Like, why is the Batman character so compelling? I mean, this character has been around a long time, and it has captured the interest of so many people for so long. Why? You know, why is it? Um, so certainly, as Christian mentioned, there's the coolness factor. Right. Like just who who doesn't want what Batman has, the Batcave, the Batmobile, the utility belt, all the gadgets, all the toys. Right. Uh, it's just cool. It looks cool. Uh, the, the functionality of of it all. It's just it's awesome. Right. Who wouldn't want this stuff? Um, but yeah, on a deeper level. There certainly is a relatability aspect going on here because like you're saying, Christian Bruce Wayne is just a regular guy, no superpowers. So we've talked a lot in the past about how a big distinguishing feature of Marvel versus DC is that Marvel characters tend to be more relatable. Um, I think Batman's the big exception for DC because so many people, so many fans of the character are fans because they can relate to him, right? Here's a guy who, through hard work, turned himself into a superhero, right? Um, he, he, again, has no superpowers, but through sheer will, determination, and work and training, he put himself there, right? And like th- this backdrop of Gotham as this dark, disturbing, dangerous place, it, it ultimately the Batman character is a pretty hopeful character because it gives people the feeling that through hard work, you know, prep time, <laughs> you could call it. <laughs> You could <laughs> you could overcome anything, right? All the evils in the dark alleyways of Gotham City can be overcome through what Batman has done, right? Um, through what Batman has done, he can defeat the most powerful opponents, right? People with superpowers, with godlike powers. Um, an ordinary man um, through hard work and resourcefulness can overcome right so uh, and and i will add he does this like essentially all by himself right mm-hmm. um you know i think a lot of these sort of uh 
um, lonely lone wolf types <laughs> perhaps latch on to Batman for this reason. Um, but yeah, he's done it all on his own. Right. And there, there's another sort of compelling aspect to the character. He doesn't need help. Like he, he is driven by this personal tra tragedy, but he's done it all by himself. Right. Like it, it, it gives it gives hope for people that like I can I can do this I can I can I can make this work I can overcome um, as long as you put in the work and um, yeah like you can overcome anything you can you can overcome the greatest evils in the world um, so yeah I think I think that's like kind of the bottom line with why the character is so compelling mm -hmm. how about you Preferio? I think, you know, like both of you guys, like what you said, I think Batman's just a character that, you know, unlike other DC heroes like Superman, Flash, Green Lantern, he's just a, at the end of the day, he's a guy with no superpowers. He puts on a mask and a suit and goes out and fight crime. And not only does he have like a cool design that like little kids like and everything, but at the end of the day, I feel like you know, as we as we had mentioned, like through the three films, that there's like this spectrum of different um, sides to Batman that I feel like everybody can relate to. You know, there's like a comedic aspect to Batman. There's even like a queer aspect to it, and even and then like there's a dark aspect to it. I feel like there's something within Batman, the character that anybody can relate to and that's what makes the character have its own celebration day you know it's um he's someone that it's not simple and can be explained very easily but it's he's somebody that can appeal to everyone you know and I just think that, you know, Batman's existed as, or he's had as much popularity as he, as he has is because like, because there's just been so much like evolution with the character, you know, that like, he, you know, like, like you said, Henry, in the 60s, he was seen as very comedic and it wasn't so like, Later on, Frank Miller made him like a little bit more serious and a little bit give him a backstory about like, um, like what happened and how he dealt with like his like problems psychologically. You know, I think that their the character is just so I hate using this word, but like interesting. You know that that people just can't be able to be attracted to the like the mythos of the character and i think yeah that that's why we have a batman day because of how fucking cool he is but also like just he is a larger than life pop culture character you know well said yeah. Um, and you know, I might add, we talked about this previously a bit, but um, Batman, like the whole Batman universe, 
is is cool not only because batman is cool but like just every aspect of the universe is cool right gotham city like the the, the location is it's just uh i mean that that's a huge part of the batman mythology right um and the inhabitants of gotham city the all the rogues gallery like batman villains are just like the best right so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean there's so many aspects to to this universe that are that are compelling and and um and kind of uh intoxicating right um so yeah like there's there's such a like there's there's something for anyone right like maybe if you're not a huge fan of of the batman character there's there's someone in this universe you're gonna connect with right um so yeah like i I definitely want to call that out yeah batman batman day i think is a celebration of of the character of batman but it's it's more than that too right it's the the setting it's the other characters and it's it's just the whole thing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah batman the franchise too definitely yeah for sure yeah because yeah. there's there's definitely people who'll be like, oh, I'm not so big into Batman, but I love Teen Titans, which formerly features Robin mm-hmm. or Harley Quinn or the Joker. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. but I really like the Joker movie, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, but I really like that Gotham TV show, you know, mm-hmm. may not be Batman himself, but something Batman adjacent to or a different character that came from Batman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so before we wrap up, we can kind of have just general open discussion. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the rogues gallery. Uh, this is kind of a fun question to throw out to the group. Do you have a favorite Batman villain? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, so uh, I always love Two-Face. I think Two Face is someone who like captures that real cool, gritty, crime noir feel. The way he has the coin, the iconic coin that he flips to make the decision. He carries that like really cool gangster vibe, especially in Batman the Animated Series. Like, like Two Face. Two Face is just cool, you know. <laughs> cool. That's... What about you, Preferio? Uh, I mean, I think by default, my answer is Harley Quinn, but I feel like in more recent years, she's kind of like been. I mean, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like she's like straight away from like a being a Batman villain. It just kind of mm-hmm. done her own thing. Yeah, but. I guess, like, as a Batman villain, I say my favorite one is Poison Ivy. Mm. I think, like, she's just, you know, I, you know, I we we've talked about this, like, how like a villain is, like, a movie or a project is only good as its villain. And I think po- Poison Ivy is just like a villain that's just very like relatable, and you understand like what where she's coming from. You know, she wants to. <laughs> kill humans because how they are mistreating the planet earth and stuff and just wants to take down all these like 
um, major like oil companies and like major uh, capitalism uh, businesses and stuff like that. And so, of course, you know, Batman comes and doesn't want her to be like an eco-terrorist or anything. So he has to stop her. But I fucking love Poison Ivy. <laughs> on yeah i was thinking what makes batman villains so cool is that i feel like a lot of batman villains could be the villain in a horror movie you know probably more than any other superheroes superheroes villains um but none more so than uh the scarecrow yeah um and i think yeah he's my favorite batman villain and uh it's just cool that his his quote unquote superpower is is fear right <laughs> that's what he uses and uh i was also thinking like you know they did they did a joker solo movie how cool would it be if they made a rated r horror scarecrow movie Ooh. i mean how awesome would that be if they that if, would be really if cool they did it right yeah if they yep. did it right That'd be tight. Yeah. So that's my pick. I like that idea. Like I could see that for like quite a few villains too. Oh, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. DC would try more of those. Mm-hmm. And Marvel. One or, no, don't not Marvel. They've already been trying <laughs> Spider-Man films, you know. <laughs> and they've oh, gone yeah. horribly I've, wrong. <laughs> I've conveniently forgotten all about those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's I guess a question that I don't know if okay, so we've seen many actors come and go take on the role of Batman, but who would you like to take up the role next as Batman? Which actor would be a good Batman character? Oh, hmm, it's a wow. tough one. Yeah, Rob Pattinson just became Batman. You want to talk about the next one already? <laughs> well, like they replace Andrew. Garfield like what in like four years so <laughs> that's true that's true they do have a new Batman for I think they already announced him for James Gunn's Batman movies oh is that right they did Gunverse, yeah they did I forget uh maybe no I'm thinking of Superman I don't think they yes no they yeah they yeah. Superman uh-huh. but I guess they do have one right around the corner so, and a new Batman that's right uh-huh. Who 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 should take up? Who do you guys think should do Batman? Hmm. I have someone in mind. Well, well, I think who do you, who do you have, Perfirio? I think Oscar Isaac would be freaking hmm. good as Batman. Like, I'm sorry, like Moon Knight did not do. I wouldn't blame Oscar Isaac on a bad Moon Knight TV show. I blame the writing, but I think <laughs> Oscar Isaac has the acting skills and, um. Like just the charisma to make a good Batman and Bruce Wayne. I like. Um, good call. I'm as far as my pick. Okay, so um, I don't. I can never find a good young up and coming actor to play a new role or like someone on the younger side. Mm-hmm. So I might try to go for that older Batman. Something they were trying to do with Ben Affleck. Um, mm-hmm. one name of I've, I've seen thrown around that I think could do a really good job. Um, he's got the perfect 
chin and demeanor for it would uh Carl Urban Dread. Mm. Mm. Especially after his performance in Dread, I could see him playing an older, more hardened Batman <laughs> really well. Or if they wanted to go something closer to say Batman Beyond, I think he could also do really well in it. I could Maybe see he's a... Yeah. I, I was gonna say I could see him being more kind of like a like uh like flashpoint paradox batman like oh yeah like playing like, thomas wayne yeah like definitely more like fuck this guy like like i fucked up once and i'm not gonna do it again like this guy needs to like be done and done for i just for me yeah i just can't see carl like forgiving and being like okay i'm gonna take you to jail I feel like he's just going to be like totally punish her style and just be like, no, exterminate this dude, you know? <laughs> but it'll be interesting. I think that would be an interesting draw and take. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. The next Batman. Well, um, <laughs> I guess as long as we're talking about like just hopes and dreams or whatever, um, because this one, it would never happen because. Um, my pick is the guy who was turned down for the Batman. Like, if you guys recall, it went down to the wire between Robert Pattinson and Nicholas Holt. Mm-hmm. And I was rooting for Nicholas mm-hmm. Holt because I, <laughs> I was kind of a big fan of his, like, his entire career. So I've always been, like, super curious. Like, oh, what would the Nicholas Holt, the Batman, be like, right? We'll never know. Um, but it's it's one of those great what ifs because... Man, I, it, that went down to the wire. Like they, they were like neck and neck, and um, I there the studios were evaluating for what seemed to be a long time. So uh, the curiosity factor was definitely there. So one of those great what ifs. What? Why this guy? Um. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I'm just a fan of his work. He was great okay. in Warm Bodies. He was great as Beast in uh, the X Men movies. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, he's just he's very any anytime he's in a movie in a small role and big role, he's just very charismatic and oh, he was hilarious in the the menu uh, pretty more more <laughs> recently. But um yeah, I just like him a lot and I I would love to see what he would have done as as Bruce Wayne. I, I I believe he was one of the finalists for like the James Gunn Superman um mm, universe. Oh, interesting, interesting. Hmm. Like, do you think he could have played Superman? I don't know about that one. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to see that. Maybe, maybe yeah. I could see him making a really good Batman, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well, as long as we're talking Batman, this is kind of a basic one, but inevitably comes up a lot. Uh, we've been talking about the Joker. Um, everyone seems to have an opinion on who was the best Joker, right? Who, who, which, which actor was the best Joker in a live action mm. or maybe not in live action, you know, any Joker, any Joker, who's your, who's your favorite Joker? Hmm. Like, you know, like, uh, oh yeah, go for like, like animated or live action. Yeah, I'll or? open it up. Yeah. Why not? Or Mark Hummel for sure. That's hands down. Like, like there. I feel like that's a no contest. Kind of. 
kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. Christian could have a different opinion, but like, yeah, anytime I read like Joker comics or anything like that, I always hear it in his voice. I think he just really encaptured that like psychotic, like comedic um, character of Joker. Yeah, he's definitely the voice you hear when you read the comic. And he kind of does like a little bit of like he does have that more psychoticness to it, but he could also be a little more playful, like the Cesar Romero Joker, you know? Yeah. Like he is yeah. the perfect like in between Exactly. Yeah. Between the extremes of say like Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger and Cesar Romero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Christian? Yeah. Um, like, yeah, he's definitely like, yeah, I might have to go with Mark Hamill as well. As much as I love Heath Ledger's Joker, he's so like iconic in his own right. He's um, like, I'd say he's the best live action Joker. You know, he made the character his own and he kind of like embodied it and kind of brought this this new energy that's very Joker in its own way, but kind of took in its own direction and kind of became its own beast in a way. Like, um, like it's a performance so electrifying that you feel his presence throughout the movie, even when he's, he's not on screen and not there. You're just wondering where he is. Yeah. Like he's just around the corner. Um, but like Mark Hamill's Joker is such like an important, like iconic part of my childhood <laughs> with <laughs> Batman the Animated Series in high school, Batman Arkham Asylum video games, and like oh, he, he did the voice for the video game. Yeah, he did. Oh, I didn't know that. As well as like various bat, you know, Batman animated movies that I would that I would get, you know. Uh -huh. And like, he did. He was the the Batman Beyond movie, also, didn't he? He did. Yeah, Return of the Joker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah i I watched uh, Mask of the Phantasm for the first time recently. We talked about it in a recent episode. Um, but I was that was when I was first introduced to Mark Hamill voicing the joker and i totally get it now <laughs> i was like wow he's so awesome and like you know i had mentioned how uh, frank gorshin really like committed to the riddler role in the batman movie um mark hamill the same way like he really commits to this character uh, and you know in a medium where you can kind of mail it in it's just an it's a kid's animated movie whatever you just like kind of read your lines uh but no he really he, he really puts in a powerhouse performance doing that character so it's great uh that's it uh i would say joaquin phoenix is my favorite joker um mm -hmm. you know i i think the the typical answer or the typical debate is heath ledger or joaquin phoenix right um both oscar winners right um i will say this like there there probably would be no joker movie if not for the Heath Ledger performance, right? So respect due there, of course. Um, but I really love like Joaquin Phoenix take on the character where it's like uh, the tortured villain, right? 
uh, that movie, they really drive that home where it's this guy who ends up doing terrible things, but you really see how he got to that point. And, you know, we talked about realism and relatability. Um, uh, I really have never seen it quite like that with a villainous character, right? I think that's really important nowadays, right? Where there are a lot of terrible things happening in this world. And a lot of people are like, why is this happening? Why are people doing these terrible things? And terrible things don't happen out of nowhere. You know, there is a root cause to everything, right? So, yes, the Joker movie is, you know, a work of fiction, but there is so much real life shit going on in that movie, right? Um, it, and I, I had mentioned, you know, with Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker, you get a lot of that in The Dark Knight, right? But with with Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker movie, it really expands on that, right? This is some real shit. A real person can go through this and become like what the Joker becomes, right? Um, so... Uh, yeah, the, the the tortured villain who doesn't want to be a terrible person, but does terrible things because of what, the the the, uh, the trauma in their lives. Uh, it's just so powerful. So yeah, that's my pick. Cool. Okay, I have a question. Go ahead. Um, yeah, either of you two can answer, but. You know, we've been talking about Mat Batman obviously for the last hour, and we've been, but I feel like we've been talking a lot about like Bruce Wayne, Batman. Like, I guess this is similar to like you know, like Spider Man. Like, you know, like, it took years before like we saw like another Spider Man, Miles Morales, you know, or even Miguel O'Hara as Spider Man twenty ninety nine. And even when those characters debuted, there was a lot of controversy about like that's not my Spider Man that I grew up with, you know. Like, you know, times have changed, and now nowadays, like both those characters have been like well accepted and have their own films, you know. Like, I feel like two other Batman characters that have kind of taken off, like, in, like, pop culture and even the comics are, like, the Batman Beyond character, which, um, what's, what's the guy's name? Um, it's Terry McGinnis. Yeah, him and the comics Jace Fox. Like, how long do you think it's going to take until we get, like, a new Batman? And do you think that there's going to be the same kind of, like, uproar of like that's not my batman when those films come out oh like a batman film where it's about somebody else yeah taking and not, up the mantle from bruce wayne yeah yeah um like i you didn't like it's it's too bad that robin never really took off i think as much in the in the films mm -hmm. um because I think that would always be, you think of like, it's like, oh, well, they've never really made like a Nightwing movie before. You have mm. all these Batman movies, but only there's only like a couple with Robin in them. Mm. And he's never, well, he's taken off as his own character in the comics, as well as say like, in like Teen Titans as well. 
yeah, there's never really been a Nightwing movie, you know? Because Jack Grayson's usually, like, the first one to take up the mantle in the comics yeah. if Batman ever dies, quote-unquote, you know, your comic book death. Uh, like, I think it would be cool to have movies that explore more of the Bat family. I think that's what James Gunn is going to try to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it would be nice. It would be cool. Joker did really well. Gotham did. Gotham had a few seasons. Yeah. Might might be time to try, you know, something new. Someone else either taking up the mantle or becoming, like, their own hero, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. I was kind of thinking of something along those lines, too, Perverio. Um, but you know, comic geeks are notoriously hard-headed <laughs> and uh, you know, just resistant to change, right? Um, the fact that uh Miles Morales was ultimately accepted and has become part of you know the pop culture phenomenon of Spider-Man is pretty cool. Um but <laughs> You know, like I'm thinking uh, Batman fans in particular are 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 hard headed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like even as like how resistant to change comic geeks are in general, I think Batman fans maybe, you know, a little bit more. Uh, so it, it's a, it's a tall order. Um, so. I. <laughs> I, you know, the change happens with everything. So we'll like a new, a, a non Bruce Wayne Batman come to the forefront and become a, a fan favorite. Of course, yeah, over time, it, it, it will, it will happen. This is an, an inevitability, right? But, but I feel like it'll be a long time. <laughs> and I would argue Batman might be like the, the last of all the major superheroes to, to see like uh, a new incarnation become very popular. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I bet, you know, like 20 years ago, people would, would think like, Oh, like a black Spider-Man would be nothing more than like a niche sort of thing. Um, but I mean, look at miles now, you know, like, so anything's possible, right? Um, I, I just think with this character in particular, it's, yeah, it's kind of specifically an uphill climb. Uh, so it, it'll probably be quite some time. I need I need a Batman Beyond movie already. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's... Yes, also, we do. That's, like, very long overdue. And mm-hmm. if any... if Anytime it's the time to make it, it's now. Well, we still have Michael Keaton who can play <laughs> the older Bruce Wayne, you know? <laughs> yeah, how frustrating was that news piece about how if the Flash movie was successful, they would green light the Michael Keaton Batman Beyond movie, right? And now it's like, oh, I guess... It's not happening. So why'd you tell me that in the first place? I know, right? You know? <laughs> oh, well. Why tease us? I know. <laughs> oh, well. 
Okay. Um, oh, here's a final little question, or perhaps final, but um, uh, so prefer you brought up a very interesting conversation about uh, Batman through a queer lens, right? Um, and I think, you know, there, there have been some uh, some commentary on this, you know, <laughs> here and there. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, particularly the relationship between Batman and Robin, but, you know, that's not the only thing, right? Um, I mean, you, you brought up a lot of it in the Batman and Robin movie, and, and, and the Batman and Robin relationship wasn't even part of it. You're talking more about, like, the camp feel and the costumes and whatnot, mm -hmm. right? Um, but uh, do you guys think there are any iterations of Batman where Batman is queer? Comics or TV or movies? Hmm. I, I don't think there's ever been an out Batman. I feel like, yeah, it's just been like interpreted that maybe... There's been like a relationship between Batman and Robin, you know, but I, to the best of my knowledge, I don't know of a queer Batman, but not to say that it can't happen in the future, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, my quick comment on that is, uh, so yeah, you're, your commentary on the Batman and Robin movie was interesting. Um, but also like the, the sixties Batman movie I was talking about, um, there were like, there were some undertones there <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, look, like, a lot of it said about like a grown man with a teenage sidekick who's in short shorts. Right. So there's that, there's the obvious low hanging fruit there. Um, but there, there was some, there was an interesting dynamic between, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson in that movie, because as I alluded to, uh, there's a romance. Bruce Wayne is involved in a romantic relationship with um, uh, Catwoman's uh, like fake uh, persona, right? Kitka. Uh, so th there are some scenes where where Robin and Alfred are like monitoring the two of them, like they're on a date. Right. And they have like a security cam on them. And then things get a little a little spicy, you know, the, they get a little touchy feely. They start like kissy kissy. And um, and it's really funny. Robin's like he can't watch. He's like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Uh, this is this is this is like too personal. This is intrusive, you know, and he turns off the camera. He can't watch it. Right. So. Um, so on the surface level, it's supposed to be like, oh, I respect his privacy. This is an intimate moment, but he can't watch. But you can't help but feel like he's jealous, right? <laughs> he can't watch his best guy with this woman, right? Um, so it's kind of like what you're saying, Perfirio. There's nothing explicit, but there are like undertones and there's like a read between the line stuff all over the place right so mm -hmm. I, I feel the same way like there's there really isn't any explicit outright um queer 
stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, you can read into it for sure. Yeah. I think like what I've also seen throughout, I get like a lot of Batman fiction. Um is that Batman's true relationship is really to the mission. Um Batman's one love is truly justice. In a way, it's almost like um, you could, you could say like there's like kind of an asexuality to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. To Batman, where he just he's very single-minded. He just wants to go, you know, to to be Batman. That is his true love. Or uh, I've also seen that you know, um, late the Lego Batman movie touches on this. Batman's <laughs> true partner in life is the Joker. The Joker, yeah. <laughs> Batman and the Joker are the two characters that truly complete each other. You know, they um they are both the complete opposites, and as you know, as the phrase goes, the opposites attract in a way. Um, it's kind of their own. There's even like certain like kind of Batman comics that not explored in any sort of like romantic way but like that they are there's something kind of greater that brings them together um a really good one is death uh, of the family mm. where um the joker is basically the one telling batman look you have the your family is what makes you weak i am what make you what makes you strong mm. so there's all in a way there's that kind of relationship there as well Good stuff. All right. So we've been talking a lot about Batman in movies, but Batman was not born of the movies. He was born of comic books, right? Um, so we're going to do a little comics recommendation. Christian, do you have any Batman comics to recommend? Yeah, I got a really good one. Um, one that I think was really big into me like really getting into reading batman comics it might be a little hard to find right now but i want to get a, a shout out to the batman comic storyline it's called batman venom um so i'm a real big fan of the nightfall storyline arc the one where bane breaks batman's back and this is kind of the precursor to it mm. um it came before bane actually debuted in comics um and it collects Legends of the Dark Knight, which is Batman's kind of like early years crime fighting. But this is printed, eh, I think this is printed in like the early 90s. And the idea is that Batman has, suffers like a really bad defeat. Um, he's not able to save someone, save a little girl from drowning. And so in that moment of weakness, he starts taking the same drug that Bane takes, Venom in order to become stronger and faster it it it's uh it's a lot like the spider-man black suit arc the iconic mm. spider-man arc with venom where he gets the symbiote suit uh I, I know in the comics it happens a little differently but say like in the animated series and in the movies he's known for becoming more aggressive and the suit kind of takes uh it kind of takes him on a bit of a darker path than he really wants to um, and of course, with Batman Venom, it being rather than an alien costume, it's just drugs. There's kind of that uh, steroid addiction kind of analogy like uh, thrown in there. 
And so I, I think um, it definitely gets to like kind of that heart of like who Batman is and why he does what he does, you know, in that that really nice gritty format, you know. So if you can find it, I do highly recommend it. Batman Venom. Excellent. Love getting those comics recommendations. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Christian, and Porfirio.